On today's first round KO, we continue our NFL season preview with the NFC North. We talk the Packers, the Bears, the Lions, and the Vikings. Oh my. Um, we also talk winners and losers. As always, I am hashtag mad about it today. Listen to find out why. Let's get it. Shock the system. Must-hear WSUW Sports Podcast in history. Welcome to First Round KO. I am your host, KO, a.k.a. Howard J. Dingers, and I am joined, as always, by Mr. Connor J. Moore. I'm having a hard time determining what I want my wallpaper to be for my home screen of the pictures that I took with Red Stars players, namely some of them on the national team. Oh. That will be my decision-making process for the weekend, or the week, technically. <laughs> what pictures are going to be your background? That's going to be your yep. your week. <laughs> that sounds really Pretty exciting. Pretty much. That's, that's going to probably be the most thought process I put into any, in the next 24 to 48 hours is should <laughs> my home screen background be. Not my lock screen, because my lock screen is just permanently fixated on the Ronda Rousey picture that I took. As it should be. In March. But, yeah, that's pretty That's pretty much it. I was honestly trying to find something witty to start off the show, but and that was kind of a reach. I literally have nothing. Well, it is, it's been a, it's been a night. Like, I'm kind of thrown off right now, too. Like, <laughs> we're recording later than we wanted to. And we have a very jank set up right now because none of the stations <laughs> at, at uh, 91.7 are working right now, basically. Um, they're, all, they're all slightly dysfunctional in one way that makes it very hard to work and to record a podcast. So um, we are, yeah, we just, I have a very jank set up right now. I apologize for the audio quality. Because it's not going to be great. <laughs> I'm going to start you off by saying that. But I hope you do stick around and I hope you do get past the audio uh, issues. Because today we will be continuing our NFL 2018 season preview. And we are wrapping up the NFC with the NFC North. And it's a big one because I'm a Packers fan. We're, all in, we're, we're in Wisconsin. Connor's a Bears fan, also adopted Packer fan. Probably will be late in the season this year again. And uh, and yeah, so like the, obviously, me and where all of my buddies are, we're we're from Wisconsin. We're all up here. Connor's from Illinois, so you know this is a big division for us. So this, I've been I've been looking forward to talking about this division uh, since we started this, and that's why I saved it to wrap up the NFC. So. To recap the 2017 season for the NFC North, well, actually, just to recap the NFC North in general for the past uh, decade or two, um, the Packers have won five out of the last seven seasons in the NFC North. Uh, the other two in those seven years were the Vikings, 
And the Vikings, Minnesota, has won four out of the last ten seasons. The Lions haven't won since 1993, back when it was the NF, uh, NFC Central. <laughs> so, throwback. Um, and the last time Chicago won was in 2010 when they went on to the NFC Championship and lost to the Packers. Sorry, Connor. No comment. <laughs> um, last year, 2017, Minnesota won the NFC North with a 13-3 and record. They went on to be the two-seed in the playoffs, and they beat New Orleans on that last second uh, touchdown catch by Stephon Diggs, and then they lost to the Eagles in the NFC Championship game. Excuse me. Detroit actually finished in second place at nine and seven, and then Green Bay. They Detroit missed the playoffs. Green Bay, uh, with the with the absence of Aaron Rodgers for most of the season, finished in third place at seven and nine. And coming up, bringing up the rear, number four, Chicago Bears, at five and eleven. So we will start today with the Green Bay. Packers. Connor, what do you think about the Packers? Is Aaron Rodgers still breathing, still walking, still in a Packers jersey, and still under contract? If the answer is yes to all of those, this team is still a playoff team. Um, Obviously, the big loss for this team offensively was the loss of Jordy Nelson, everyone's beloved wide receiver. I mean, even even Derek Carr was just like, I have no idea why the Packers got rid of him. I am not sure, and I know a lot of people were worried that this would upset Aaron Rodgers, given that his contract is winding down, but looks like all of that's coming. It looks like all of that's starting to, I don't want to say forgiven, it probably won't be forgiven until we see how he performs with the with the crew that he has this upcoming season, but we'll see. However, off, offensive line-wise, David Bakhtiari still there, Brian Balaga, uh, Corey, Corey Lindsley, Lane Taylor, you know, same names that we've seen, you guys have seen for a while. Back yes. in that position, Jimmy Graham, Lance Kendricks, and Mercedes Lewis, dear Lord. Is all I have to say about that depth. That's a the squad. That's a core, tight end squad. The wide receiving core, I think, is going to be is going to definitely benefit from that depth. Randall Cobb, now the the head and shoulders, the number one receiver on this team. Ooh, Devontae I don't know about Adams. That. I mean, depth chart. He's wide receiver number one. I mean, it was he was the two to, to Nelson's one, and me, he's. He's he's wide receiver one. Okay. Devontae Adams, who's who, who's done very well. He's he's developed into a very very reliable wide receiver. I'm a big fan of Trevor Davis. Geronimo Allison, I think, is gonna is gonna turn some heads. And then, of course, the wide receiver that everybody who has an affiliation with the University of Wisconsin Whitewater knows, Jay Kumaro. After one game and really all of training camp so far, he's turning out to be the training camp darling. A lot of experts think he might finally crack the 53-man roster. I personally think he's going to crack the 53-man roster. I hope he cracks the 53-man roster. I think he will. 
but offensively, that is a very, very solid unit. And of course, oh, I forgot to mention that you have a reliable running back in Jamal Williams, Ty Montgomery, who I think needs just needs to go back to wide receiver. I think switch to running back worked at the time. I that's just a me person. I don't think he's a long term running back fit, but Mike McCarthy does what Mike McCarthy does. Anyways, on the defensive side of the ball, the, the secondary got help <laughs> through the draft uh, with the pickup of Jair Alexander. Tremont Williams is still there. Ha ha Clinton Dix, you know, still there. Blake Martinez, Clay Matthews. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, I know it's just a broken nose, but we'll see how he does. A lot of people. A lot of people who I talk to actually think that he might be one of the more old middle linebackers in the past recent years because he hasn't done a, a whole lot. Who? I'm not saying uh, Clay Matthews. Gotcha. You know, and I, which was kind of a shock because I thought that a lot of people just liked him. Or maybe that's just because I just think that's just one of the three typical Packers jerseys I see walking around campus and see there Rodgers, yes. Nelson, Matthews, to be fair. <laughs> Um, overall team, when Aaron Rodgers is healthy, obviously, that goes a long way on the offensive side of the ball. The defense, the secondary is being shored up, but that's going to be key, especially in this division where you have a team who has plenty of wide receiving, uh, targets on the, on the Vikings, up and, up and coming to, or respect, yeah, up and coming to respectable, while he was the Chicago Bears side of things, and for lack of better terms, several receiving targets on the Detroit Lions, and just throughout the entire season, just throughout the, their punch in general, the secondary is really going to have to show themselves up. The front seven, it's, it's okay. It's okay. But I, I think the biggest question mark, if I had to pick one, might be even there in a little bit of the defense. But overall, overall, we saw what this team could do when when they were healthy last year, and they can put their foot on the gas pedal when they want to, and no one really wants to mess with this team. I think I, I don't think it's gonna I don't think this division is just gonna be handed to the Vikings. Is basically what I'm gonna say. I think a lot of people looked at what they did last year and just thought automatically, oh well, it's it's now the Vikings division. I you look at this roster. This is still a roster that could very well compete with if not outclass the Vikings. Again, the biggest thing here, Rodgers has to stay healthy on the offensive side of the ball, and that secondary just needs to at least be average. At least needs to be average. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I love this Green Bay Packers team. <laughs> Shocking, right? Um, and... So every year, it's the big thing. Like you mentioned, as long as Aaron Rodgers is on the team, we're a Super Bowl threat, we're a playoff team, we're, we're going to be a threat whenever we have 12 under center. Um, and I think the offense we have surrounded him with him um, is, I think it's it's very, it's, I'd say it's one of the better offenses that we've put around him all around um, because we have a solid three-headed monster, I would say, at running back. Um, I'm still not sold on Ty Montgomery, but I, you know he, he seems pretty stubborn to stay there, <laughs> um, so that's fine. But I, I really like 
Um, the rookie pairing from last year, it, the Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones, who stepped up when Ty Montgomery got hurt. And Aaron Jones even, you know, he had to step up when Jamal Williams got hurt. And Aaron Jones did fantastic. And Jamal Williams came back from injury too late in the season. Ooh, excuse me. And uh, he looked he he looked really good too at running back. And that was with that was with Hunley at running or at quarterback. So I think they're they're going to benefit from having Rodgers back, and Rodgers is just going to benefit from having good running backs. Like they haven't had a really good running back in a very long time. Um, yeah, and then so you look at this receiving core. It's very talented, but it's very young, and they, like it, there's not a whole lot of experience outside of Devonte Adams and Randall Cobb. Like Geronimo Allison, I think this is his third or fourth year, but he's really only played the last two seasons, um, and even then, he hasn't played a lot. He's been very, very low on the on the on the depth chart. Um, Trevor Davis, he's not much of a receiver as he is just a return man like he's a special teams guy but he but you know he plays wide out a little bit I don't think he will too much this year just because of the pure talent that we have because we drafted three run or three wide receivers in the in the draft and then we picked up an undraft or you know we picked up Kumaro too so we got we got Jamon Moore we drafted we drafted oh Jesus Valdez Scantling or Marquez Valdez Scantling sorry and uh Wow, I am going to butcher this one. Equan Equan me it. <laughs> Saint Brown. Yeah. I've, I'm not even going to try to say his name. But we drafted those three and we picked up Jake Kumro who went to college at Whitewater. Um and apparently Kumro has actually been very impressive and he's caught the eye of Aaron Rodgers, which I think is going to be huge coming, you know, when we come to roster cuts. I think Kumro, he'll get the benefit of the doubt, especially because we cut Jordy. I think maybe they're going to want to keep someone that Aaron likes, like Kumro. Even if Kumro doesn't play a lot, they'll probably just keep him on the roster to keep Aaron happy. Um, And since I mentioned it, and since you brought it up, I do want to touch on Jordy Nelson real quick because the Packers will be fine without him. (laughs) The Packers are not going to suffer because Jordy Nelson isn't there anymore. Everyone needs to, we, we cut Jordy Nelson so that we could bring in talent at the tight end position. And I'll get to that in a second. And yes, a lot of people are saying why Jordy, why not, you know, clay or someone, someone else with a bigger contract or something or with a, or with as big a contract. And my response to that is, Clay's on defense, and defense is our weakness right now. We have a plethora of wide receivers, so it just makes sense to cut the older receiver who has slowed down since his ACL injury. I, I think, like I said, the Packers are going to be fine without Jordy Nelson. I really don't get like I get the sentimental value. I shed a single tear for him when we cut him. And then I looked at it from an actual business standpoint, and I said, yeah, this is a great move because we got Jimmy Graham out of it. So just stop crying about Jordy. He'll probably do good in – like, he's a talented wide receiver. I don't think he's as good as he looked in Green Bay just because Aaron – like, he's not going to be that good with Derek Carr. 
and we, we saw that with James Jones. James Jones did the same thing. He played with Derek Carr, <laughs> and then he had to come back to Green Bay to research his career. Uh, so, yeah, that that's all I have to – we'll be fine without Jordy because we have such, such deep talent at the tight end position now because last year we got Lance Kendricks. I think he was a good addition. And then this year we added Jimmy Graham, who I think still has a lot of gas in the tank, and Mercedes Lewis, who is a longtime veteran. He's going to be a great, uh, at least a veteran presence to the team, and he's going to be a solid, like, consistent target for Aaron Rodgers. Um, but Jimmy Graham adds so much to this offense, a legit red zone threat every time down the field. He is a, a big pass-catching weapon for Aaron, and he doesn't necessarily always have to line up at tight end. He can, he can line up in the slot. We've seen it before. He can run routes. He's going to mesh perfectly with Aaron Rodgers. And as I mentioned before, he can't drop the ball anymore because Aaron throws the ball too perfectly. So we'll be we'll be golden. Um, Aaron Ripkowski is a fantastic fullback. Probably fullback's dying, so he's probably one of the best right now. And then Aaron Rodgers, I can't. There's not much I can say on this dude. Like he's just fantastic. He can make he can make throws that other. Other quarterbacks can't. He he's mobile in the pocket, and he's he's not mobile like Cam Newton, where the pocket collapses and he runs down the field and gets hit. The pocket collapses, and Aaron Rodgers is smart and rolls out and stays behind the line of scrimmage and extends the play instead of just panicking and running. Like this dude, methodically, you know, twists around, spins around, gets outside the pocket, waits a little bit either makes a really great pass because his wide receivers know what to do when he gets out of the pocket or he'll he'll run a little bit like he'll and he'll run to the sideline or he'll slide. Aaron doesn't take many hits unless he's getting sacked in Minnesota. <clears throat> um to the defense then the the defense got extremely better. Now teams used to be able to run all over uh Green Bay. We added Muhammad Wilkerson, who is a fantastic run stopper on the D line. Um, Dean Lauer. Him, I will never know. Someone just must have wanted just to hand better defense to the Packers, honestly. Yeah. That, I saw that and I was like, how? Like, no. Please, mercy. Honestly, like, I saw that we got him and I was ecstatic because he he's a little older, but even then, he's going to add a veteran presence to the defense, too. And he, he's just got a lot of experience. He knows what to do. And like I said, he's a great run stopper. And he's got the sack stats to, you know, to add to uh, quarterback pressure as well. Um, behind him is Dean Lowry, who is a great young dude um, out of a small school. And he, he's been proving himself lately. He kind of worked his way into the starting defense last year because we had like a hole at left end. Um, so he was technically an opening day starter last year. And he he kind of proved himself. He he showed he's a hustle player, and he'll he'll be good uh, for his limited amount of time that he'll be in this year. Kenny Clark is a fantastic nose tackle. I I loved when we drafted him. He had a slow start, but he's really found his role on this team and in the middle of that defensive line. Mike Daniels, fantastic lately. Like he's been going to Pro Bowls the last couple of years. He's been All Pro. The dude really just knows how to imp- like put his name in the game. Like he impacts 
every play. We saw it, I think it was the Seattle game a year or two ago, where he had like two forced fumbles and a couple sacks. And he he just knows how to impact a game immensely. And it's really hard from the defensive tack or yeah, from a tackle uh position nowadays. Um oh yeah, Clay Matthews. So I wouldn't mind it if the Packers tried to offload Clay Matthews. <laughs> yes, I said it, and I can hear all of Green Bay fans yell, No! No! We have to keep 52. Um, and no, we really don't, because if you look at his stats, um, ever since his rookie year and like his first three years, his stats have like steadily declined. And he's only gotten worse. Like he hasn't, he he didn't. He started off basically in his prime, and has kind of slowed down since. He has not gotten better, and I don't know if he, if it's because he was a little tricky, and then teams figured out how to block him and how to stop him, and then he just couldn't adjust further. And but I, I don't know. He he has not been performing to the way he should be and he's got a big contract we have a lot of um we have a lot of talent that we've drafted over the past three years at linebacker outside linebacker that i think we should give a chance to um if not this season if we keep you know if we keep clay that'd be fine but if not this season next season we need to start giving a chance to guys like kyler fackrell vince beagle and chris odom who we just drafted this year um yeah they they just have a lot of talent, so I want to see them step up. Clay Matthews is I he just hasn't been good. Like he even when he stepped into the middle linebacker role, he was good there. I wouldn't mind with the injury of Jake Ryan, I wouldn't mind him stepping up there again. But I I don't know. I like I said, I would not mind us trading him this year. At inside linebacker, we did have uh Jake Ryan, but he's out for the season. So now we have Blake Martinez who almost led the I think he was second or third last year in uh in tackles. And we just drafted this guy, Oren Burks, who is a crazy good athlete. I think is going to be great. I, I kept telling everyone, you know, Jake Ryan's hurt. It's okay. I'm not gonna miss him too much because I think this Oren Burks dude is going to be a great addition to this defense. Um we'll see how quickly he can adjust. Nick Perry on the other side for outside linebacker. Great dude. If he can stay healthy, he's going to be a menace on the outside, uh, getting sacks and disrupting passing plays. Our corners, which have always been our weakness, has drastically gotten better. Tremont, we brought back Tremont Williams, who was fantastic for Arizona last year. Like he played opposite Patrick Peterson, and he shut down the number two wide receivers uh, when whoever Arizona played every year or every game last year. Like he he found something that he did not find earlier in his career, and he played really good for Arizona. So I'm hoping he can bring that to Green Bay. Green Bay. Um, we brought back Devon House. He he was pretty solid for us last year and for Jacksonville in years past. Um, and then we drafted Jari Alexander and Josh Jackson. Connor and I both mentioned that Jari, Jari Alexander is going to be a rookie of the year candidate, and I believe that strongly. I think he's going to be fantastic. He's got the coverability to stay with NFL wide receivers, and I I don't know if he'll have the stats, but he'll be he's going to be a great addition to this uh, to the secondary. Josh Jackson, he'll be I think he'll be good too because he's got the size and the length, 
and he'll, yeah, he, he his game is going to translate to the NFL uh, very smoothly. And then Kevin King, who we drafted last year, he looked pretty decent last year, but he was still, you know, rookie trying to figure things out. I think this year he has a standout season. And then at the safeties, Hawk Clinton Dix is one of the best free safeties in the game. And we have Kentrell Bryce listed ahead of Josh Jones. We drafted Josh Jones last year, too. I think Josh Jones is going to end up being the everyday starter if he isn't already because he, from what I saw of him last year, whenever he got a chance, he it looked like he was in every play. He was hitting hard. He was just a hustler at the safety position. So I would like to see him get a chance. I think he'll be really good for him. Um, but, yeah, the, this roster, the top to bottom, is just I, I have a lot of confidence in all of these players and their ability, especially I, I haven't even touched on the, the coaching staff. Bringing back Joe Philbin was great for the Packers because he was he's always been a good offensive coordinator for them. Aaron Rodgers likes him. Mike Patton is one of the best defensive minds in the game, so he's going to be fantastic with all this young talent and all of the talent that we have on the defensive side. And Mike McCarthy, he's he's been solid for Green Bay, and I think him and Aaron Rodgers are building some sort of a relationship and an understanding where they can figure something out. Uh, for this year so I I just I really just like this Green Bay team and yeah I think that's all I really have to say about it the only holes would be if the young cornerbacks don't step up and I could see that being their first year but I think either Jari or Josh uh, Josh Jackson I think one of them will be able to step up because I think both of their games translate well to the NFL so I think they'll be able to I think one of them at least will be able to step up, and then Tremont will be good, and I think Kevin King's going to have a good year too. So. You want to add anything, Connor? I will repeat. said on Twitter, if Jake Kumaro makes the 50-minute roster, Green Bay Packers, I think I might have found the birthday present I'm finding for myself. A Green Bay Packers, number 16, Jake Kumaro jersey. And I'm from Illinois who wants to give me back for that because you're why you're buying the opposite team. It's a school pride thing. I am not in allegiances permanently, but it is just a school pride thing. And I have a funny feeling I will be one of very few who will be on campus with a Jay Kumro jersey. And if any Incoming freshman at Whitewater tries to play a claim to Jake Fumarell just because you go to Whitewater. We actually saw him play. <laughs> yes. Did I? I don't know if I saw him, to be honest. I know. I know I did. When did he graduate? <laughs> I know I saw Fumarell. I don't know when he. I don't know when he graduated. I might not have saw him, to be honest. If he was here my freshman year, then I definitely saw him because I went to a lot of games. So. He was. Huh? He might have been. He was here my freshman year. I have no idea. Moving on. The 2018 Chicago Bears. Connor. <laughs> I'm sure, as I just went on about the Green Bay Packers, I'm sure you have quite a bit to say about your Chicago Bears. What do you think about the Bears? Oh, I'm going to let you go first. Oh, okay. I'll, okay, yeah, I, that makes I, sense. I, 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 I kind of want you to go first. Oh. I lost you there. Yeah, I'll go first. Um, yeah, so 
it, this pains me to say it, but the Chicago team is actually very talented. And every year it kind of scares me the, the kind of talent that they acquire and the talent that they're able to stack up. Because, you know, obviously I, I've said before that this, this, this league is transitioning into the majority of an offensive league. So you have to have a solid defense, but a good offense can beat a, bet, a good defense. So that there lies my problem with the Chicago, with the Chicago Bears because yes they've been stacking up on defense. They have Akeem Nicks on the defensive line. They have, you know, actually their line doesn't impress me that much. <clears throat> but the linebacker is really where I can see Raquan or Roquan Smith you mentioned who, you know, when he signs his contract, he's going to be a uh, defensive rookie of the year candidate. Danny Trevathan has always been a fantastic uh, linebacker for whatever team. He was in Denver and now here in Chicago. Prince Mukamira, he's always been a solid cornerback. Kyle Fuller, who Green Bay tried to get, you guys kept him because he was restricted free agent. He's solid cornerback. So, like, your defense, it, it always – I shouldn't say – Every year, like, the Chicago defense kind of worries me, especially after last season. Like, you guys got off to a really hard, hot start on defense. You, They were making plays. They were making, they were scoring more on defense than they were on offense. And it was a scary-looking defense, but then it kind of lingered uh, as the season went on. And so, like, every year that worries me, but then I remember who our quarterback is, and it, it's really fine. So, and so here's my big problem with Chicago – is that they? I, it feels to me like they they focus more on defense and on offense every year. It feels like they're adding pieces. Like think of it as a puzzle, and they're adding pieces to the puzzle that don't fit with each other. Like I feel I, to me, it feels like you have. First of all, you shouldn't have drafted Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> And if you were going to draft Mitch Trubisky, you didn't have to trade up for him. <laughs> I don't think he was going to go early. And if you were going to trade up, should have got to Sean Watson. I'm sure Connor uh, echoes that. And uh, so, like, Mitch Trubisky, he'll be solid, but he's not going to be a star quarterback, especially, like, he's the fourth best quarterback in this division. And we all know how I feel about quarterback play. It's 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 almost the end all be all unless your name is Jacksonville. And so now so you have a decent quarterback in Mitch Trubisky who had a rough fre- or a freshman year, a rookie year in the NFL. So we'll see how he'll be able to bounce back after that. We'll see if he was able to learn anything and able to uh, step up. Um he, and he does have help at wide receiver, so like it's not impossible for him to step up because he has Allen Robinson, who I think is a fantastic wide receiver, um, and then Taylor Gabriel, who was great in Atlanta, Kevin White, who I think still has a lot of potential, and he can you know eventually step up into a lead wide receiver role. Josh Bellamy, I think is he's fantastic. Anthony Miller and uh, Javon Wims, you guys drafted this year. So like you guys have a lot of talent at wide receiver, but to me they don't fit together like you. Like I, Taylor Gabriel feels to me like an, an an addition just for the sake of addition because you already have Kevin White who would almost fill that role as like the small speed dude all, alongside 
Allen Robinson. So now you're kind of stunting Kevin White's growth a little with the addition of Taylor Gabriel. But the 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 Allen Robinson that that's a good because he's basically re- replacing Alshon Jeffrey that you guys lost a couple years ago. Um, re- offensive line is nothing nothing really to write home about. Kyle Long is really the only big name on there. Everyone else I don't even recognize. But like the your off- the offensive line hasn't been solid over the past couple years. So um, and and running back you have actually pretty decent talent. Jordan Howard, he he puts up big numbers, and Tariq Cohen I think has is, has a lot of talent. We'll see what he's able to do. Like last year, it seemed like he started off really good and then kind of lingered out towards the end of the year. Like I said, this Chicago team is very talented, and usually in the off season it scares me, but in the end, the the talent doesn't really like it's a lot. To me, it, not to the extreme because I don't think Detroit. We'll get to Detroit in a second, but I don't think Detroit's up there either. But I don't think Minnesota. Or geez, I don't think Chicago's roster, like it's decent, and it can win a couple games. But I don't think it can stack up with Green Bay or Minnesota. <clears throat> I disagree with the assessment of the talent collect of the collecting all this talent just for the sake of having just for the sake of saying oh we have such and such to such to surround Trubisky or we have such and such to, to supplement these because I'll put it this way had you said that last year with John Fox and company still at the helm I would have completely agreed with you but the way that the Bears shook things up this offseason and the way that general manager who I can't remember is in to save his life but I love Ryan Pace the way that Ryan Pace went about free agency this year and his coaching search these were all calculated moves because the Matt Nagy effort was probably the first, without a shadow of a doubt, Ryan Pace move. That was the biggest talking point when the when the when the hiring happened. Everything that is happening up to this point, this all of this is pretty much Ryan Pace's legacy at this point, and all of that. Because Ryan Pace came in, I believe, right at the beginning or so of John Fox's tenure. But even when they hired John Fox. They brought in a special consultant and everything like that to find him and all which. The Nagy hire and all of that, the free agency uh, signings, the drafting, for the mo- which for the most part, I think Pace has done a great job with the draft. The only miss, I think, is Kevin White, which who I'll get to. All of this is Ryan Pace's doing, and I think in a way this is what we've been waiting to see because we kept on hearing all this about how he was this up-and-coming executive, was a part of these winning teams. This has his fingerprints all over it. And I think that these are great hires. Matt Nagy, an offensive coach, and uh, a part of the Andy Reid tree of coaches. And Andy Reid, he was one of, if not one, one of, if not the best, I don't want to say underlings, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, one of his associates, so to speak. Or one of his, I don't know how to phrase it, but. but you get what I'm saying. He's one of the best 
people that he's that he taught to come under him. And the fact that he was calling plays, a lot of those offensive plays towards the end of the Kansas City Chiefs season last year, even in the postseason when they won that, when they had the comeback and lost the following week, I think that showed a lot of people something. And this offense, I think, is caref- is being going to be carefully modeled into what Nagy wants. And I'm not worried about the talent. Allen Robinson, when he's healthy, we saw what he was able to do. What Blake Bortles does is all due respect to Bortles. He, you know, they had to, they really had to, sh- I don't want to say shrink the book, but notice how they didn't really rely on him a whole lot last year as they kind of did in previous years. And Allen Robinson was still one of the best wide receivers in the league until he got hurt. Kevin White, I don't think he plays a factor in the season. I really don't. I think he's too inconsistent. I think he's injury prompt. I mean, he, basically he looks great right now. And apparently his head is in the right place and all that, which is great. Because for his Chicago Bears career at this point, long are the days of him being this number one caliber wide receiver if he can at least be live up to 65 75 percent of the potential that he had coming into the league that will be considered a steal as considering how long we've had to wait for kevin white to do something anything because he hasn't done much of anything taylor gabriel i think is a phenomenal pickup and a great compliment to alan robinson and maybe a kevin white if he proves serviceable kevin doesn't do it I absolutely loved the pickup of Anthony Miller. I think he was, or he will be, one of the steals of this draft in, from a wide receiver standpoint. Absolutely love him. He's physical. Go up there. He's, he's quick. He's oh, he, the the guy has every intangible. I love this pickup so much. When we drafted him, I lost my mind. I was going through hours and hours of like, no, just looking, just looking this dude up. Love the guy. You are completely correct about the offensive line. It's always kind of been shaky with the, even when Cutler is our quarterback. Uh, the biggest thing is, can they stay healthy? Biggest thing with the offensive line. Kyle Long has kind of shown an inability to stay healthy. And can they just protect the quarterback enough? And this is very key because we're going into year two of, of, of Mitch Trubisky's career here. But he is now, there is no, oh, it's going to be such and such to just kind of stall on. He is the guy. And at first, I wasn't sure if he would be the guy, but I'm very confident in the Chisky because I think we have a, quarter, uh, a quarterback and a coach combo where they can really build off of each other. It can really go off of this. I think we have one of the best running backs that no one likes to talk about. On our, on our roster in the form of Jordan Howard. He's consistently one of the best <clears throat> rushers in the league, and yet no one really seems to want to show him the love that I think he deserves or is starting to really knock on that door. And I think this is the year where he really breaks through. I think this offense is going to get a definite boost with the piece in play. Obviously, as you mentioned, and I completely agree with you, the quarterback play is crucial here and more importantly, the offensive line with the Chicago Bears. They need to keep Trubisky off his back. They need to give him as much protection as possible. On the defensive side, the worst thing that could have happened here is if the Packers, who are one of the billions who are interested in him, managed to get Vic Fangio. 
the fact that Matt Nagy and Ron Pace were able to convince convince Vic Fangio to stay on with Bears squad and to leave them as the defensive coordinator, I, in my opinion, was bigger than the Nagy hire, was bigger than the Anthony Miller draft, was bigger than the Allen Robinson pickup. That was the biggest thing, because we all knew the Bears were going to go offense as far as their head coaching staff, because we saw that John Fox had a great deal. You know, I think a lot of that was contributed to, you know, but offense was atrocious. It was, it was, really, it was really bad to look at after a while. Vic Fangio turned Akeem Hicks to an bowler. Eddie Goldman is a guy who I really like, who, who I think can call a lot of havoc at the nose tackle position. Jonathan Bullard is another one who I'm a big fan of. Sam Michelle is a fan outside linebacker. The guy that I really like a lot, who a, who a lot of people on the Bears side really like, is Kyle Fitz. He's currently listed as the third string. But I think if we keep him on the roster, he can cause some serious damage depending on the fuck it is. Kwiatkowski, excuse me, I think it's his time to shine. I think this is finally his time. The injuries have hampered him. He's always kind of had to play behind somebody else. This is his time to shine. I think that he is going to have a breakout type of year because he's always been consistent. He's always been so consistent. And I think that's going to play very well with Raquan Smith there as well. Given, um, whenever he decides to sign, I don't need to go into how I feel about Raquan Smith. I think the guy has definite defensive rookie of the year potential. I think he is going to turn out to be one of the league's premier linebackers in the, in the years to come. Leonard Floyd, one of the best outside linebackers, and young outside linebackers in the league, I, in my personal opinion. Kyle Fuller surprised me at the cornerback position last year. I thought he only, I thought his only year was a, he benefited for having Peanut Tillman on the opposite side, but he turned in a career year. He's steadily gotten better. And I think, and I think, with having Prince Mukamara on the opposite side, opposite side of him, forced him to do that because Prince Mukamara rebuilt his career. I would say he turned into a he's a very good uh, cornerback. A lot of teams them wanted to target Fuller, and Fuller answered the call. Eddie Jackson, I love that safety pickup from Alabama. The only time you'll hear me say anything about anything coming out of the University of Alabama, probably. And Adrian Amos is. Without a doubt, in my honest opinion, the most underrated safety in the league. Criminally underrated. Absolutely criminally underrated safety. safety. And then the depth that the Bears have in the, from the cornerback, or just the secondary point of view, DeAndre Hall, Bryce Callahan, who is just, he's a special teams ace, first of all. I love the fact that we kept him. And cornerback-wise, he can get the job done. Prevon LeBlanc, another good one that is is very very I wouldn't necessarily want him to be the guy but when his number's called upon in nickel packages or such he can definitely get the job done a lot of what you were saying about this Bears team in a whole and I know I keep saying this I've kept saying it and I on but I honestly do believe it a lot of that talk reminded me of how people were talking about a certain Los Angeles Rams team until Sean McVay took over. I'm not expecting the exact same thing because the circumstances are a little bit different. In that NFC US when McVay took over, the Seahawks were the Seahawks still had some good talent, 
but you can see them breaking down. Mm-hmm. The four, the 49ers were clearly have to rebuild it. And the Arizona Cardinals were stuck in a little bit of a, they were competitive, but still stuck in levels, so to speak. The situation's obviously different because you look, you look at the strength of their division at the time when they took over to the strength of the division now, or to the strength of the division of the NFC North now, rather, with Nagy taking over. The Packers are still the Packers. The Vikings ran roughshod over the entire NFC North. The Detroit Lions always seem to be the Bears' kryptonite for whatever reason. For whatever reason, the Bears cannot consistently beat the, beat the Lions. But I look at this roster from top to bottom, and I look at the additions that they made of Trey Burton and the rest of them. I look at the defense and how they've just steadily improved, and I think is going to continue to improve. And the addition to Raquan Smith when he finally signs that contract, I think is going to benefit everyone on that defense, from Akeem Hicks to Leonard Floyd to all of them. My questions about the secondary were start were starting to be shored up and very much answered. That front seven, or just the defense in a whole, and as as you mentioned, everyone else has mentioned about this Bears defense, they're starting to look like those young monsters of the midway, that smash mouth, that defensive mentality that is so anonymous with the Chicago Bears. And even going back to Raquan Smith, when Ben Erlacher gives the ultimate sign of approval, saying that he could be the next great middle linebacker. That's kind of that's a big ringing endorsement coming from a guy who embodied Chicago defense. But that's that's just me basically screaming and pleading Raquan, sign the damn contract, please. That's just me. That's just more of me pleading him at that point. I look at this team, this Chicago Bear team top to bottom, this, with shadow of a doubt, is the most optimistic I've been looking at a Chicago Bears roster probably since that 2010 year when we won the division. There is so much potential, and I know we've, I've, we've used that word a lot for a lot of teams in the NFC, but it is so hard to look at this team, look at the roster top and bottom, you look at what they've done on the defensive side, and they kept a lot of those pieces there. And then on the offensive side, just a team standpoint, if Matt Nagy can deliver on some, or yeah, at least some of the some of the of the hype, and can really round Trubisky out and really vindicate the Bears and pace trading up to get Trubisky and all the pieces that he surrounded him to really flourish Trubisky. Because you look at those pickups, all the screen, all those moves screamed here, Trubisky. The car keys are yours. Let's take it for a ride. We're giving we're giving you an offense that you put them with any other quarterback in this division would make them would make these bright receivers and such probably in the competition of best in the league. You you put an Allen Robinson or a Kevin White when healthy or a Taylor Gabriel with an with a Kirk Cousins even with a Matthew Stafford with an Aaron Rodgers. That offense is. But nine times out of ten, we're talking about offense a lot more favorable. You're looking, looking at the ten. It's just a swat. The only thing is the quarterback play. I'm very confident in this Bears team. I'm, I, I think that within a year, 
within a year, we could be talking about the NFC North potentially being one of the best divisions in all of football. I'm just, just looking at what all the other teams did, looking at how the lines just always seem to be just right around the corner. The Vikings are now here to stay. And as I mentioned, as long as Aaron is the Green Bay Packer, they're only perennial Super Bowl contenders. The talent surrounding this Bears team, the, the potential with Bears team, the coaching staff that they have, this is the most optimistic I've been as a Bears fan in a very long time. A very long time. So much so that I'm willing to make this claim as much. We're not winning the division. That much I can tell you. If the cylinders cook for this Bears team, they compete for a wild card berth in the playoffs this year. It, the town is there. It, there's a lot. It obviously hinges on Trubisky's quarterback play, how Matt Nagy can coach this team up. Drop passes are going to be the bane of our existence, I think, this year, if the first, if the first couple preseason games were any indication, especially the most recent one against Cincinnati. But this team is – I – I think I think they're going to start earning the respect of a lot of Packer fans I know up there who like to give me a hard time for rooting for this team, and I think they're going to start to earn a lot of the respect from the league. I think I think this 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 team is definitely definitely hearing all the negativity how how they're essentially the the cave dwellers division now essentially sleeping giants. You know what they say about bears? You don't you don't poke the bear. Don't don't poke the bear. This is a t- this Bears team, in my opinion, they can just figure some some of the things out. That's why that are question marks can compete for a wild card uh, spot in the playoffs this year and next year. Pen- after the growth of this team and maybe addressing some other kinks, next year we're going to start to see the NFC North be a lot of fun. It is going to be a slugfest starting next year. That's what- so. Yeah, I'm. A lot of this could be hometown bias. It is very hard. It is. There are a lot of Bears fans that I know who are looking at the team as like, "Holy crap, this could be something very dangerous, very, very." And I am one of those people who believe such. This is. About the NFC North is going to be very fun. Could happen as early as this year. Could happen as late as next. Who knows? But. It's about to be a fun division. I completely agree. This division, I think, usually always rivals the wet, the NFC West in the most uh, the most competitive division in football because it always seems like you know the Lions were second place last year and they always seem to be like fourth in everyone's mind. But you know they were second and they have a really good quarterback in Matt Stafford. The Bears always seem to you know find something at least with their defense and a running game. The Vikings, they have one of the most talented rosters, and we'll get to them in a second, but they have one of the most talented rosters in the league. And, you know, the Packers of Aaron Rodgers. So, like, the, I think this division usually rivals, and I think in the near future it's going to step up even more. I think it, it, it rivals the West for the most competitive div- division of football. Um, and I'll save my my final thoughts on the Bears for when we do our 
standings predictions because sounds good. Let's let's just say I don't exactly agree with you. I you've told me a couple of times that you don't agree with me, which is a okay. <laughs> I'm going to enjoy when this team proves some people wrong. I'm just going to sit back and let it happen. And I'm going to never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say it when we get to it. Moving on to the. Minnesota Vikings uh, head coach Mike Zimmer they lost Pat Shermer to the Giants they lost the NFC championship game to Nick Foles and the Eagles in a very one-sided game I was so happy yeah me too Um, so yeah Connor what do you think about the 2018 Vikings yeah, you said it yourself. This is a very, very talented roster, top to bottom, offense and defense. It's, you know, we we like to harp on how the quarterback play didn't really didn't really give them much last year or so. But you t- you take out the quarterback, I mean, the talent that they surrounded them with. It's I would have hoped they'd done some damage. Now, damage that they did do last year. Did, could anybody see that coming? I personally did not, but. That just goes to show that this team is for real. Stephon Diggs, young star wide receiver. I mean, I hate to say it. I think it, it. I think it's almost sacrilegious of me to say anything good about the Vikings. But I'll say more about the Detroit Lions than I will about the Vikings. And anyone who knows me know how, knows how I feel about Detroit sports in general. But, <laughs> I love Stephon Diggs. Kyle Rudolph is one of the best tight ends in the league, and if if, if not one of the best, underrated. Yeah, you, I would we, say underrated talk, and consistent. Definitely. I yeah. Mean, we talked. I talked about how Jason Witten was uh, was all reliable for the Cowboys. That's Kyle Rudolph for yeah. the Vikings. He is ever since he, he came out of Notre Dame, he's been great. Exactly. He's he's all reliable and then some. Yeah. Adam Thielen, who saw what he did, uh, right? coming that. I mean. He turned out to be a massive revelation. Down before he got my 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 God, I was terrified. I hated I, I hated it because he was so good. I I I really like him at the running back position. He's he has all the tools. Like that line is good. You know, there's a reason Sam Bradford and company looked as good as they did last year because they were a kept upright and you give you give any quarterback enough time they'll make you pay for it and of course i host if the quarterback had a little bit of talent insert Kirk cousins now do i think he was worth all that money? And no i'm being completely honest with you i don't but it's okay that he won't be the highest court paid quarterback for long knock knock aaron Rodgers. um but he has a lot more talent than a Sam Bradford last year. And oh, what's his name? What's his name? What's his name? The other Keenum. Thank you. He's, Case Keenum. How did I forget? I actually love Case Keenum. I love Case Keenum. Like Kirk Cousins has is is a much better quarterback than those two combined. True. So and. So it's obviously they're going to upgrade at the quarterback position. So the offense, I'm not worried about. The defense. Let's start with Harrison Smith, who I I hate when the when the Bears play them, and I hate when they just throw it anywhere within his area because I already know how it goes. 
either destroys our right receiver, he breaks up the play, or he's running that sucker back the opposite way. It is very hard to do <laughs> not to, to not give Harrison Smith his props. He is without shadow of a doubt. If I had if I had to make a list of the top ten safeties in the league, I would probably be putting Harrison Smith in that list, in that top ten without a shadow of a doubt. Xavier and Trey Wayne's locking it down on the corner side. Anthony Barr, the most maligned man in 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 Wisconsin, took the heat off of Danny Trevathan after after we obliterated Devontae and obliterated Devontae. So, yeah, see, the difference you, there was Devontae played the next week. <laughs> that is very that is very true. So thank you, Anthony Barr, for being <laughs> public enemy number one. And also, he's now the reason why there's a rule. There's the Aaron Rodgers rule. True. So, that hit would now be illegal. I mean, a lot of – I feel like that rule in general has split people. I, for one, when I watched it, I thought he clearly drove him into the ground unnecessarily. I completely agree. That's, that's just me. That's just me. But other than that, Anthony Barr, a very dangerous linebacker, still taking it, taking taking out the fact what he did to Aaron Rodgers. He's a very talented uh, line, linebacker. That linebacker core is very talented in general. That, that defensive line, though, my goodness, can give. I mean, Everson Griffin, decent. Linval, Linval Joseph, better than what people think. Give him credit for. Sheldon Richardson, same. Danielle Hunter. Man, <laughs> you know, but they put enough pressure on offensive lines, which allow the linebackers to go and cause havoc. And I'm I'm very high on, on that linebacking court. This is a this is a talented team, top top to bottom. I don't. I could try to stretch this out and try to find some more things to say, but this 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 team is going to finish either one or two in the division. In, in in my opinion, this is a very talented team that got an obvious upgrade at the quarterback position. Defense is still that defense. You know, I still think they have a plenty of talent there. Well, it, it's hard to deny the talent on this Minnesota Vikings team. It, it's very hard. I don't think last year was a fluke at all. I don't think they're going to come out and be world beaters like they did, like they seemingly were for a while last year. But I definitely think they're going to cause a lot of havoc and make a lot of noise in the NFC North. Um, what really gets me about this Minnesota team is that they had three quarterbacks on their roster last year, and not a single one of them are on their roster this year. And I think they're all starting quarterbacks. Teddy Bridgewater, maybe not, um, but you know, at least Sam Bradford and Chase Daniel. Or Case Keenum. Case Keenum. Yeah, they were they were both great for them last year. Granted, that was with Pat Shermer as offensive coordinator, but still, like they were still good for you. Like, why did you have to go and shell out more money for a quarterback who hasn't proven himself ever in the playoffs? For instead of keeping, you know, what probably would be cheaper options in either Case Keenum or Sam, but I don't know. Um, it it didn't make much sense to me. And to be honest, I'm, and this isn't me being like, I wasn't a big fan of him when he was in Washington. I, obviously, I, I would have no reason to be, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm really blanking. Negative. Ne- yeah, negative on Washington for, you know, uh, biased. I, I'm not biased against Washington because they're not in our division. So, like, it's not a Minnesota thing at all. I'm not high on Kirk Cousins at all. Like, I don't, he's definitely not worth the $84 million. He's Minnesota's lucky it's only a three-year deal. 
Um, and I, he's not going to, especially with the departure of Pat Shermer. I've talked about the fact that offensive coordinators leaving teams, it's a you see a big drop in offensive numbers that next year. And I think it's going to be even worse of a drop because it's a brand new quarterback too in this system. It's it's a new quarterback and a new offensive coordinator in this system. I don't think that's going to work well for them. Now, with that said, Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs, fantastic wide receivers, not to mention Laquan Trudell. Um, offensive line, pretty great. <laughs> like, it's pretty great. Always kept... Uh, you know, not not Sam Bradford healthy, but that's a pretty impossible task to to, <laughs> to take on. Kept Case Keenum protected. Delvin Cook, unfortunate that he got hurt last year. He's going to be fantastic for them. I liked him coming out of college. And Latavius Murray, decent back for them um, if Delvin isn't healthy or doesn't stay healthy. Now, so to me, their offense is very talented. Kyle Rudolph, I almost forgot to mention, like you said, I love Kyle Rudolph, and I hate the fact that he's not Minnesota. Um, yeah, the, this offensive is this offensive team is very talented, but again, I will stress the importance of quarterback play, and I don't think Kirk Cousins is as good as everyone thinks he is. He's not worth the contract, and I don't think he, I don't think he's going to mesh well with this team. And I don't, I, I just don't think it's going to work. And if it, if it does work, I don't see it working this year. Like, even if I do see it working, cause it could, like they work, they made it work with Case Keenum. So like, I think they could make it work with Kirk Cousins, but I, even if they do, I don't think it works until next year. Um, the defense is scary. Like Jacksonville scary. Almost. Almost. And I'll get to that because uh, their defensive backs, Trey Wayne, Trey Wayne's, Terrence Newman, and Xavier Rhodes, are menaces on the on uh, in the defensive backfield. Like they're they're shutdown dudes. At least Wayne's and Rhodes are, and Newman, he he's still solid. Like he's getting up there in age, but he's still a solid threat out there. And then one of the best safety combinations in the game now that Cam Chancellor's not in Seattle, Harrison Smith and Andrew and Andrew Sadejo. Like, fantastic combination. Like, Harrison Smith is just crazy menacing it, as a safety. It, he, it seems like he's in every play. He's a hard hitter. He's a fantastic dude. Scary to see him on the other side of the ball. Um, the linebackers are, are, again, very scary group of guys. Anthony Barr and Eric Kendrick specifically. Um, they're, they're going to cause havoc, whether it be in – coverage hitting guys on like on little dump down slant routes or rushing the quarterback they're they're very good at both they're very uh versatile now the only reason i'm not completely sold on this defense being as as uh strong as they were is because of the defensive line everson griffin is good i think he's getting up there in age and he might decline same as Sheldon Richardson. He has not been himself since he's left New York. He wasn't great in Seattle. And I don't yeah, I don't know how he'll do in Minnesota. He he'll do good because of the talent around him. He'll step up, I think at least, but I don't I don't think he'll be I don't think he'll ever be as good as he was in New York. And and these other two with Hunter and Joseph, 
like you know, like you said, Joseph is probably better than people give him credit for. But still, he's not like a. I don't think he's an impact player like Minnesota kind of needs on this line. To me, on plays when you don't have Kendricks and Barr and uh, and their linebackers blitzing, if you drop those back in coverage, it's you might not get a lot of quarterback pressure, and that's going to be an issue because, like I've said in the past, even even the best corners in the league. Xavier Rhodes, Jalen Ramsey, uh, Casey Hayward. Even those best guys can't – they can't hold a guy – they can't hold a wide receiver for an extended period of time. If you can't get pressure on a quarterback, especially quarterbacks in this division who are very good at running out of the pocket and extending plays, all three of them, specifically one in Green Bay – they're very good at extending plays. If you can't get quarterback pressure, those quarterbacks are going to find someone open. And that is my only issue with the defense. I think the safety or the cornerbacks will be able to make up for most of that. And if they blitz, you know, at, you know, if they blitz bar every once in a, or most of the time, they'll be fine. But you know, I have, I don't think this, this Minnesota team is as good as last year. I don't believe they're going to be 13 and three. Like they were, I, they're not going to be as dominant. Their def, or their offense is going to struggle, and their defense is going to decline. Let's move on and finish out this division. Connor, the Detroit Lions. What do you think about the Lions for 2018? Uh, they're they're sucking for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but you know, let me take out my anti-Detroit bias for really everything and let's look at the fact that Matthew Stafford for all the for all the flack that he's thrown and everything better quarterback than I think people want to give him credit for absolutely you know credit where credit's due he's the best quarterback no one ever wants to talk about for whatever reason and a lot of people thought that once Calvin Johnson retired, he would show his true colors, and he almost gotten better with Martin Jones and Golden Tate, who are good wide receivers. Don't get me wrong. As and Luke Wilson is this tight end, and the guy has gotten better. The offense is in good shape with Matthew Stafford there. The offensive line needs to keep him off his back. I think I would say he was one of the most hit quarterbacks big, but again, he's also one of those quarterbacks who can scramble outside the pocket and extend plays and do so pretty well. LeGarrette Blunt in the backfield is a huge plus. Samir Abdullah still there. And then, of course, Theo Riddick is still there as well. That is one heck of a running back trio right there. I think that's that's, that's going to help out that offense tremendously and really keep defenses on their heels. The defense. The defense has some pieces there. They have some pieces that I like. Glover Quinn being one. Your Ansa is another. And I would even, yeah, I'll put in Darius Slay in there as well. Oh, Darius Slay is a baller. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They, 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 they got the job done last year. Mm-hmm. 
they also have uh, Devin Kennard now, the linebacker. They they got the job done. However, in a division where I think every offense got better, I don't know how they come. I don't know how they'll be because the Packers got better with the tight end and one of those tight ends can line up as a wide receiver if he so wanted to and of course a healthy Aaron Rodgers makes a big deal of that you have Kirk Cousins now who as I mentioned before is talented and is more talented than the two quarterbacks that played last season for them combined and a lot of those pieces are still in and of course Dalvin Cook if he's healthy we don't know what type of player he can be as well and then, of course, the bear side of things. Their shift, their offense is starting to be is starting to rev up a little bit more. The pieces that they added in a new scheme, and them implementing more of an RPO type of offense as well. Every offense in this division got better, including Detroit. Detroit's defense doesn't have to play Detroit's offense; they have to play the other three. My concern here is how do they match up when it when it comes down to playing their divisional rivals? Because it seems like just like in every competitive division that we always see in football, the head to head against your in division foes always seem to be the be all and the end all. I wonder how they're going to compete with these improving offenses elsewhere in the division. I think that's my question mark with the Detroit Lions team. Every other offense, without a shadow of a doubt, got better in some form or fashion. The Bears really just by hiring a new head coach and some of the free agency pieces that they hired. And the other two teams with additions and players coming back via uh, from it. The offense could score points for the, for the Detroit Lions. That I'm not worried about. I'm going to defense to at least keep some points off the board from the opposite side of the field in order for the off- uh, in order for, for Detroit to win. It's for that reason why I don't think they'll do as good as they did last year because really there's only one high-powered offense in, in the division last year. The Packers looked like a shell of themselves when Aaron just went dead, and I don't really need to remind anyone how utterly abysmal the Bears' offense could uh, look most of the time. So that's the biggest thing for this year. How will that defense specifically match up with everyone, with all the other offenses in the FC North? Because for this to be the the best division and a the best one of the best divisions in football. Every team's phases, first phase, second phase, third phase, whatever it may be, needs to be on point. And I think Detroit might be the one team that might be lagging behind here of the other three, just for the sole, just because of the sole fact that I don't know if their defense can really keep up with the other offenses. Maybe they can this year, but in the future, if they don't add more pieces. And we know the other three teams will get better offensively. They might fall behind by default almost because the defense can't stop anyone. Um, there's only one thing that comes to my mind when I look at this roster. 
eight and eight. It's a very yeah. it's a very mid level roster. And you look at the okay, so you look at the defense. Ziggy Ansa, Darius Slay, Glover Quinn. They can ball. Like they they are legit football players who are very talented and are top at their uh positions. Um but let's not forget that this defense this defense last year was not very good. The only reason the Lions won nine games last year, I was the I'm pretty sure this was last year, and correct me if I'm wrong, but well, wasn't last year the run of Matthew Stafford just going off in the fourth quarter and like clutching like four or five games in oh, a row. Yeah. Oh yeah, Matthew yeah. Stafford. I mean, he always had a habit of doing that, but this year, I mean, he was just like, "All right." That's what I. Yeah, I, I could have swore that. Yeah. So, like I said, like this this the Lions team were the comeback kids last year. Like they, and well, and obviously they didn't have to play Aaron Rodgers. Um. But in this offense, like I can't even be mad. Or I can't even be down on this offense too much because. Matthew Stafford has proven time and time again like he, he is a very solid quarterback. I can't fault the guy. I don't like that he's in Detroit, obviously, um, but I, he's a very good quarterback. He's very crafty, and he's very solid. He's got a big arm. I like the receiving core. Golden Tate's fantastic. Marvin Jones stepped up a lot. Kenley, Kenny uh, Goladay? Is that how you say it? I don't remember. Galladay, Galladay, maybe, yeah. He was he was very solid. Um, Stafford knows how to use him, and TJ Jones, same thing. Um, offensive line, meh. <laughs> much like the rest, of, much like a lot of this roster is meh. Like TJ Lang's really good. Ricky Wagner's pretty good. They have a rookie at left guard. Glass now has been very uh, uh, inconsistent at say or at center. Decker, meh. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just keep looking at this roster, especially defensively. It's just meh. It's just that this ro- this roster just screams eight and eight to me, because they have talent. Like you said, they have pieces and they have talent, but they it's not a lot. <laughs> it's it's very selective. Running back, I think they're they're very talented at like Legarrette Blunt, Theo Riddick, and Amir Abdullah, all great running backs. But then in tight end, they lost Eric Ebron and they got Luke Wilson. Like that, I, that's a downgrade in my opinion at tight end. I, yeah, that I can't, there's not much more that I have to say about this team. Eight and eight is the one thing that I can think of. <laughs> this meh. That's all I got to say about the lines. All right, let's wrap this up. Let's wrap up the NFC North. Who do you got at number four? In this division, Connor, I'm really split between the Bears and Detroit right now because mm-hmm. the, because Detroit is very for every good piece that they have, they're very meh in a lot of places <laughs> and a and a lot of as you mentioned and the biggest place right there is defense. Yes, and as I'm and as I mentioned with the other three teams in that division getting better, I really don't know how that defense will stack up. And then the reason why I want to say the Bears is because. Even though I went on and said that if all goes on well, they have the capability and the talent and the potential to compete with the wild card, but I don't know if it. But I don't know if that will all click in year one of of Matt Nagy's regime. 
So for my own sake here, I'm going to keep my expectations relatively low for my own team because, as I said, there are some certain things that really have to go right, even though I could see it happening. But the probability of it with the, is, you know, within especially with some of the teams on the Bears schedule is it's unlikely. But it was also unlikely for St. Louis last year as well. As well, Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Yeah, they formerly right this. the Rams, but. I will say I will say the team that will be number four in this division will be the Chicago Bears because their defense is very good. They're getting to be like I said, rounding out to be that getting that monster of the midway kind of aura back. It just we I, it just remains to be the Matt Nagy era will bring for the entire team. Although this potential is very high, so I say fourth because well, someone has to be, and they're in comparison to all the other teams, they're the most unknown one because of the new regime. So the Bears are the, are number four in the NFC North for me. Got to keep my expectations low. I completely agree. I have the Bears at four. At uh, I'm struggling with the record. It's either four, twelve, or five and eleven. Um, a lot like the the. A lot like last year, and uh, this team has seven nine potential. I, to me, you know, you take two of those off because of Aaron Rodgers, and then the Vikings, and then you'll probably mm-hmm. split with the Lions. It. I looked at the schedule like I, it was while you were talking about the Bears. I was I was looking at all the schedules and kind of counting in my head which ones I think wins wins and losses. So, I. Yeah, to me they're a five and eleven. You know, I could see them going four twelve too. But yeah, like I said, quarterback play. I don't think Trubisky's ready. I honestly don't think Trubisky's the guy in Chicago. I think at at this point in the Bears franchise, I think he is a transition quarterback until you guys find someone else. Who you got at number three? The guy that we draft, the guy that we drafted up is it for its transition quarterback. That's a new one I haven't heard. Like I said earlier, I'm still flabbergasted that you guys even did that. Like, dude, there's a there's a Deshaun Watson Texans jersey in my closet that also agrees with you. So, <laughs> one of the dumbest trade up draft picks I've ever seen, and I'm happy that w- it was in Chicago. I wish you would have seen my live action when that happened because <laughs> things were going to be broken. I can imagine. All right, who you got at three? Thank goodness I went to the bar that night. Anyways, <laughs> um, at three, the Detroit Lions. I think Aiden is a very – they remind, I don't want to say – it's not that eight, eight mediocrity Dallas Cowboys record that I would have used to be so quick to slap on them a couple of years ago. It's just a product of one side of the ball can get the job done, the other side of the ball – you know yeah <laughs> who knows <laughs> so so eight and eight is matthew Stafford, and matthew stafford's gonna be a big reason for a good chunk of those eight wins he's gonna have to will this team to a few in all honesty like he can um <laughs> real quick just because like you mentioned <laughs> yeah just because you mentioned the cowboys and eight and eight that whole thing 
So a few days ago, what, four, five days ago now? Yeah, I, when this comes out, it'll be five days. Um, it was it was August 8th. It was 8 and 8. And literally, I didn't see anything online. I didn't hear anyone else say it. All I thought to myself was, oh, it's Dallas Cowboy Day. Like, that, it's really funny because they've been good the past couple of years, too. So, like, <laughs> joke shouldn't even still be a thing, but it still is in my mind. It I love it. Thing. But, uh, yeah, like I said earlier, 8 and 8 at the Lions. I have them at third, too. Like I said, the defense isn't going to be good, and they're not going to be hold, they're not going to be able to hold a lot of people, especially in this division. Like I think even Trubisky is going to be able to do uh, some damage against them. But I think Stafford and that offense, you know, he he's got a clutch gene. So does uh, Tate, Golden Tate. Couldn't think of it for some reason. Just had it in front of me. He's got a clutch gene too. He's just able to step up in big moments. Um, that offense is going to be able to put up points late, and they'll be able to squeak some games out. But that that roster, meh. Who do you got it to? And answer carefully. <laughs> or what? Um. <laughs> or I can mute you and talk for the rest of the podcast by myself. All right, that's that's my thing to do on Hawk Talk. All right, <laughs> that, that's, that's my thing. Muting, muting is my superpower. That marries with me. <laughs> um, but surprisingly, I didn't do a whole lot of this past school year. I'm no, very disappointed in myself. Usually, I'm ask anyone who's been there. I'm so quick to borderline abuse the mute button. It is bad. <laughs> Talk about abuse of power. Oh, <laughs> the Minnesota Vikings, as I mentioned, they're 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 going back for the division. I think that's a poor conclusion. You mentioned, but you mentioned something that I didn't really think of a whole lot in the midst of me, you know, lauding the praise that is, albeit very well deserved, for that Minnesota Vikings team. Pat Shermer is not on a coaching staff anymore, and that is a talented offense that I still think will score a lot of points regardless on who the offensive coordinator is. Any plank from Ed, Ed, and Eddie, and they'll still be fine. But that's. Shermer had a lot to do with that, I think, with, with their offensive explosion list. Now, I still think they're still going to be they're, they're still going to keep a lot of the things there, and of course, the upgrade at quarterback is very key. Of course, a defense for the they have very, very, very great pieces on that on the defensive side of the ball. As I mentioned, they're not going to. As I mentioned earlier, they're not going to come out world beaters like they looked like for a while last year. They are definitely head and shoulders, you know, a competitor. They are definitely a competitor for the, you know, and will make the playoffs one way or the other. Yeah, I have. I also have the Vikings. <laughs> if that wasn't obvious, I have them at two. I have them sitting at about eleven and five, probably. Um, I could see ten and six, um, and. Like I mentioned, the key points, no Pat Shermer, a slight upgrade at quarterback, but I don't think it works out in year one, and the defensive line worries me. Um, but, yeah, that's why I – and Aaron Rodgers is back, and I think he's coming out with a vengeance for the Vikings. So, yeah, and Connor, we all know who's there because they're the last team left, but who do you have at one and why? Green Bay Packers, I mean, talent that they have on that team. I Really, the biggest question mark for me is that secondary. It's on paper, it's shored up, but we're going to see how it operates 
but I think with the with the hot they have with the coaching staff, it, I think it's the only way it could have gotten even better is if you guys did get a big Fangio in, and that would have just made you guys elite at that point. To be fair, I mean, could, again, look at what Big Fangio did for basically what's a floundering, a flopping fish on the Bears when he came, and now look at us. Offensive side of the ball, talent top to bottom, and the quarterback game is under center and plays in green and gold. And you've said it, I've said it. Every NFL expert pretty much said it in some form or fashion. As long as he steps on that field, in between those lines, healthy is under center when that whistle blows and that clock runs, it is very, very hard to legitimately look at the Green Bay Packers and be like, eh, they won't do much. And and he is coming. There is a very funny video where it's, where, it's kind of, where it's the whole don't mock the belt thing, and that shows Aaron Rodgers getting super mad, and he just tears up the team. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just chucking touchdowns and stuff on him. Oh, yeah. That video is going to be a microcosm for this entire season. <laughs> and I am very afraid for the NFC North. I'm very petrified of week one when you guys play. I am very afraid for the rest of the league because there's three things in life. You don't tug on the romance cape. You don't spit in the wind. And for the love of all that is sacred and holy, do not give Aaron Rodgers bulletin board material. Do not give the best quarterback in the game. And yes, anyone who's listening is starting to say, but Tom Brady, I will get to to the AFC East. But you should all know how I feel about Tom Brady and the Patriots already. Spoiler alert, hate them. Um, But you... It's just that's it's the unwritten rule in football the moment he became a starting quarterback. Don't piss off Aaron Rodgers. And he got hurt. He's coming back with a vengeance. He's planning to try to get paid because we all know he's going to get paid regardless. But he's but he's really trying to go out there and show, okay, this is why y'all need to pay me right now. Let's not wait a year. They're about to pay me right now. Let me, let me let me break it down to you in the simplest way possible like this as far as how I think the Packers are going to go. The season's going to go. And you can book this right now. All my Bears fans, um, you know, everyone who's listening who's a Packers fan, everyone who's listening who might be whatever the heck you are, listen very closely because I like this in all sincerity. Even though I lauded a lot of praise for the Philadelphia Eagles when we talked about the NFC East, talking about a team that could very, very, very well represent the NFC in the Super Bowl this year in the form of the Green Bay Packers. I obviously also have the Packers at one. Um, Aaron Rodgers coming back, like you mentioned, with not only a vengeance, but he's looking to get paid. He's looking to prove to them why he should be the top-paid quarterback in the league. Um, as if he as if he needs to prove it to at, Right, as if. Um, wide receivers are going to be solid and talented and uh, upgrade at tight end. 
three-headed monster at running back, and a healthy, knock on wood, a healthy offensive line so far. And um, so the offense is going to be fantastic. And I believe, like I said earlier, one of the rookies will step up at corner. So the defense will be, uh, you know, it'll be solid, at least compared to years past. Muhammad Wilkerson is going to be able to stop the run. And this team, in my mind, and people are probably going to call me crazy, but I have them at 13-3. and three. Possibly 14-2. and two. But I'm not going to go that crazy. Be- yeah, because they still have to play Minnesota twice. So those will be tough games. But I- I'm pretty confident out of 13-3. and three. So... That wraps up. Oh, and I have the obviously the Packers winning. They'll probably be a top seed depending on um, L.A. And they'll be one or two. And then the Vikings I have at a, as a wild card. Um, so, yeah, that wraps up our NFC North predictions. And it also wraps up our NFC uh, predictions. We did all four divisions. So we will be starting the AFC predictions not this week because the way it schedules out if we if we started on Wednesday, you know, the mon- or Friday and Monday are both going to be wrestling shows because of SummerSlam, so we don't want to take a two show break in between those. So, Wednesday's just going to be a normal show. We'll just be talking news. Friday's going to be SummerSlam predictions and Monday is going to be uh SummerSlam uh review. And just a little special treat, we might have a little certain co-host uh, also in studio, and he might not be calling on Skype on Sunday. Um, that'd be kind of cool. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, so then the AFC predictions will be starting next Wednesday. Um, I don't know what division we're going to start with yet. I haven't decided yet, but we will let you know probably Monday. Um, but, yeah, watch out for the Monday show. And, uh Yeah. So that wraps up that. Let's get to some segments. And, Connor, you know what I am today? Tell us, Kyle. I'm mad about it. I. What are you mad about today, Kyle? So I got Madden, as we all know. And <laughs> I'm not going to mention how much I played it on Saturday because we just don't it's fine it's fine too much if too, you, if you yes. really want to know too I, much i played it too much if i were to tell you all the the amount of hours i would invite all of you to judge him <laughs> let's just say the having a video game for the first day and not having any work was a dangerous combination anyway so i go and play as the packers right and I wanted to, you know, I was just testing out the game, seeing all the new, uh, all the new mechanics and you know everything, and I wanted to change uh, the depth chart of the Packers wide receiver core because there's a certain Jake Kumaro on the Packers, and I is he in the game? I I wanted to see him on the Packers, and I wanted to Uh-oh. you know pass. I wanted to throw every ball to him, and oh, no. he is not in Madden 19. He's not in the game. He's not in the game. Jake Kumro's not in the game. Jake. Okay, I mean, to be fair, that they, they always release the game before preseason games even really get going. So and they know. usually update it when the 53-man roster is released. I know. It just makes me so sad. 
It makes me mad, actually. Like, I was I was so looking forward to being able to see Kumro in there. And, like, it made me happy. Because, like, he was on, I think he was on the Bengals last year. But he wasn't in the game. But he Trust wasn't in the game, chance. again, because he, I think it was mostly practice squad, which is fine. And then he And then he signed with the Packers, like, pretty early in the offseason. So I was, I don't know, I was hoping it would be a bigger news thing, and Aaron's been high on him, so I was hoping they'd add to him before the release day, and they didn't. And I'm mad, hashtag mad about it, because Jake Kumaro for the Green Bay Packers is not in Man 19. So uh, did, you, did you create him? No. I'm, I'm probably going to, though. I'm surprised he didn't. <laughs> Creating players is actually a lot longer, a lot harder than, I don't know, there's a lot of detail that goes into it. But anyway... Mm-hmm. If anyone out there who's listening can give us, especially, you know what, you know what, here's what I'm going to say. If you're listening and you were, without a shadow of a doubt, a part of the Jake Kumaro era when he was playing and wore, and wore the big number one for Warhog football, and if you have a pretty decent idea on what he should look like, facial structure, all this stuff, and all that in Madden 19... Someone drop us a tweet because in the in the inevitable case when I finally get this game, if he's not if he's not added to the game by the time I get it, you know I'm creating him. Yep. So I will if someone makes a roster with Jake Kumaro in there, I will more than likely download that roster. So. And you know, Wisconsin Whitewater is actually a college in the game. Thanks, Matt Blanchard. Yeah, thanks, Blanchard, for putting us on the map (laughs) on that one. All right, more segments: winners and losers. We'll start with winners, as always. Connor, who do you got winning? One of my favorite baseball players of all time, who everyone likes to judge me for, but I don't give a damn. Barry Bonds. Mm-hmm. He had his he had his number retired this past Saturday, and a lot of people sent in a like video congratulations. Tom Brady being one of them, Seth Curry, a, a, uh, a lot of others, including his godfather, who gave a big speech at AT&T Park, Willie Mays. And he basically said what I have been saying for the longest time. How much longer are you going to keep him out of the hall? I think we need to stop playing around. With the, I mean, I get the whole PED thing and everything, but the fact that other people are getting votes, significant amount of votes... Who have been accused of PEDs? Yep. PED, PED usage. You know, it, it it doesn't matter what under what circumstance to me is whether you put an asterisk on it, you shouldn't or not. It doesn't really matter at this point. I'm in complete agreement with Willie Mays and most San Francisco Giant fans. I think Barry Bonds should be in the Hall of Fame. I and I sincerely hope he he enters all of him before his eligibility run, runs up. Because if he doesn't, that that is an absolute crime on baseball, and that is just a case of writers and such just not getting over themselves. But I think we're starting to see a, a shift in the voters and the voting trends when it when it comes to it. But I since I really really hope at some point Barry Bonds gets into the Hall of Fame. I agree. I've said it once, and I'll say it again. It doesn't matter how big you are and how strong you are. You still have to hit the baseball, and that's incredibly difficult. 
So it's just that's just my thought on it. My winner today is golf because uh uh you know today yesterday yesterday sorry because this comes out on Monday yesterday Tiger finished second in the crap I forgot what tournament it was um some big golf tournament <laughs> PGA championship was it the PGA championship it was the PGAs ah so Tiger finished second in the PGA championship he was very close and it, it it's always a big it's always a like a big feeling in sports in general, like all sports fans, like when you, when it's Sunday and Tiger can win, like he has any chance of winning and he shows up in his black pants and red shirt. Like there's just a certain feeling in the air. And like oh, the world stops, the world like, stops. The, Everyone's the world stops watching Twitter. Duration of that tournament. Twitter and social media just blow up about golf <laughs> <laughs> and the golf world just gets set on fire. It's fantastic. Tiger is great for the sport, and yeah, golf won again today because Tiger is still being Tiger. He just barely missed it. He was 14 under. I believe the top guy was 16 under. Uh, Just barely missed it. All right. Continuing the segments, losers. Who do you got, Connor? My loser kind of goes into the golf world, actually, and that's Brooks Kepka. Not because he did anything bad. He won the Open he 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 won it. He shot four under on the uh, in the final round, sixteen under total, and he won his third and he won his third major title, all of which within the same year. I'm pretty sure, or I mean, two of the three he won this year, and all that is great. You know that's that, that that's great, and, he, and I think he's the fifth or the sixth person to win his third major under the age of 29 i can't remember how, i can't remember what i can't remember what the stat was but they said it during the broadcast on cbs sports yes i watched the entire thing when i woke up because tiger because the tiger effect is real y'all tiger tiger woods but you want to know why i call brooks kepka the loser here we're all going to continue to talk about Tiger. <laughs> and not about the winner. <laughs> and not about... This is the... Tiger Woods might be the only man in history where we talk about him a lot more than we do the actual person who wins. Whether Tiger sucks or whether Tiger... Or it depends if Tiger even makes the cut. But this year, we talk about Johnny Menzel comeback season. We need, we need to start talking about the... We really need to start talking about how Tiger Woods had himself a comeback season. But that's besides the point. The point is... Tiger Woods, although he deserved, he's deserving of all this praise and everything, and everyone's saying at 42 years old, he finally looks like he got his mojo back, and everyone thinks that, hey, you know what? Tiger even knows now. Like, he's seen it. He's seen the results in this year. He still has it. He can still compete, and he could very well win. And really, he could have if that one ball didn't stop right on the lip of the hole, I think, on on the 16th or 17th hole. But we're all going to talk about that. We're just going to forget that Brooks Koepka won the tournament. Yep. And, I mean, that's good for him because, I mean, they mentioned it in the broadcast. He feeds off of that. You know, he likes that motivation, that kind of chip on his shoulder thing, which has kind of helped him, you know, uh, helped him with the year that he's had this year. But, man, that's got to suck in a way where that's got to suck how everyone's going to be like, oh, yeah, congratulations, congratulations. But, man, Tiger almost had you. That has got to suck. 
I mean, I'm sure everyone's used to it. You know, in the history since golf, since, I mean, history of golf since Tiger Woods became pro, everyone's kind of been like, oh, damn, Tiger. And all the golfers said it during the broadcast. They know, they know the effect that happens, and they know the crowds and everything when Tiger is relevant, let alone when Tiger is right on the cusp of winning. So my loser is Brooks Kepka, not because he did anything bad. He just happened to be the winner of a tournament where Tiger Woods almost caught him. Yep. Um, my loser today is uh, NFL preseason slash NFL training camp um, because, again, like like it happens every year, we've had several season-ending injuries already, and it's only we've only gone through week one of the preseason. Um, the big ones being AQ Shipley for the uh, Arizona Cardinals, Darius Geis, Darius Geis, sorry, rookie running back for the Washington Redskins. Um, a lot of Jake Ryan for the Green Bay Packers in the middle. A lot of people who are just done for the season. <laughs> like there's, and it and it's it sucks because you know these preseason games are necessary for younger guys and for people returning for injuries and just people in general for kind of getting back in the swing of things. And it just sucks because these people are out for the season because they play these meaningless games. And it's, you know, as a Packer fan, we lost Jordy Nelson that one year and he was never the same. And just those big injured, well, Odell Beckham, you know, he, same thing. Like the, these players unfortunately get injured in these quote unquote meaningless games. And it's, it's just sad that these still have to happen. I still think that we should limit preseason. We should cut it down to one or two games. That's just me. Um, yeah, Pre- preseason, uh, preseason in general for the NFL is my loser today. All right, let's wrap this up, Connor. One last thing. I've added a new Halloween costume idea to the list. <laughs> oh my goodness! What is it? You can you can thank YouTube videos for this. Oh no. It is a soccer referee. <laughs> oh my god, I saw this video. I've seen so many. It's so great. I've, I, I've seen so, so many where you have just a soccer referee and like whoever you're and whoever you're friends with just walking around and then they bump into somebody and then your friend obviously just does the Neymar and just collapse writhing in pain, quotation marks around the word pain. And then you have one or two options if you're the referee. You can consult the VAR, or you can just give them a yellow or a red card. <laughs> and and my thinking is, since this was a World Cup year, if I find somebody who just gets a Neymar jersey or something, or just any soccer jersey, and they just start flopping around like a fish out of water, that would be going just walk up to random people on Halloween or around campus or at the bars even because I think Halloween falls on a Wednesday, but you already know there's going to be like Halloween themed stuff throughout that entire weekend too. So I don't even know why we're going to pretend. That's like perfect because then you can just celebrate both weekends. <laughs> exactly. So I'm thinking, in addition to the two ideas that I already have, potentially three if I decide to go with Spidey. In addition to the other two, I'm thinking I might be a soccer referee. Because, man, that would be... Can you imagine just me walking across campus 
you know, on Halloween, just randomly, you know, when I'm done with classes and all that, and someone just bumps into one of my friends or say I'm walking with you just hit, and you just hit the deck and I just break out the yellow card. I was like, nope, sir, sorry, sorry. That, that, that's a yellow. That's a yellow. <laughs> it's just so funny watching the videos online too because, like, they're messing with drunk people and, like, like drunk girls specifically too. And then, yeah, like, their guy ends up running to it. Like, they'll give him the yellow card and they'll walk away and she'll keep arguing. And then they'll throw out the red card. And then her guy will come over and start arguing at the ref. Like, I, obviously, it's all in good fun. The drunk girls aren't aren't having too much fun. Probably they're probably. Tell actually... me you saw the video at Lala where the referee literally where there's actually a referee. I think that was Lala Palooza where the referee was at a music festival and some drunk girl bumped into him. He was just like, "Nope, red." <laughs> I think yeah, I think that's the one I saw. I don't remember, but I, I, that looked like Lala Palooza this year. Which if that was, props to the guy who decided to show up to a music festival looking like he was ready to referee the World right. Cup final. It was like, honestly great, and it's a fantastic idea. Any ref situation is great for col- or for a Halloween costume. I love it. Um, my one last thing, unfortunately, about the Jacksonville Jaguars, because it, in uh, practice today, a fight broke out between defensive ends uh, uh, Dante Fowler and Unique Ngakwe. Yes, I pronounced that one right. <laughs> I don't know how I can get all the other ones wrong, but I can do Unique Ngakwe, whatever. It's because I played with the Jaguars on Madden. Um, <laughs> those two got in a fight, and uh, Dante Fowler ended up, I think he was the instigator, and he really was the main drive in the fight. So he, he got suspended for week one of the regular season, um, which isn't too big a deal. They have Calais Campbell and Unique Ngakwe at defensive end, so it's not too big of a loss. Um, and, and speaking of not too big of losses, Jalen Ramsey... Um, reportedly is being suspended for week two of the preseason <laughs> uh, because of his conduct toward local reporters. According to Ian Rappaport of NFL Network, the Jaguars suspended Ramsey for one week after he criticized local uh, local reporters, quote, for the beliefs in unfair treatment of his teammates, especially Dante Fowler. He He authored several tweets in support of his teammates' and disdained for local media, unquote. Uh, one of Ramsey's tweets, uh, a lot of Ramsey's tweets were targeted at, um, you know, Jacksonville and Florida reporters, and a lot of the tweets ended with the hashtag lame-ass reporters, <laughs> which made me giggle. But it's just a weird situation that, you know, he... It's really interesting because I haven't read all of the tweets, but like to me, like it does seem like Jalen's taking it a little too far, but at the same time, he's just kind of backing his dude who he thinks is being wronged in the media. Like he's backing his own teammate. So I, I, I get, which leads me to the point. I don't, I think this is a fitting punishment missing one week of the preseason because like I said before, these aren't really meaningful games. It's okay if you like, especially week two it's okay like i think jalen's not gonna miss it's not like he's not going to be a great cornerback this year because he's not going to get his three snaps from the week two of preseason so uh i think the punishment fits the crime because i don't think the crime is too big in my mind he's defending his guy but yeah that's all a little little tension in jacksonville on the defensive line but 
they the beauty of that is they get to take it out on on the offense. All right, let's. I would rather have a guy says be suspended for defending my teammates than have him do something stupid. So true. Uh, and on I mean, that note, to be fair, it could have been a lot worse in the suspension. Category. Oh, absolutely, you could. Yeah, can you imagine if Ngakwe and Fowler both would have got suspended? That would have been. Yeah, it, like you said, could have been a lot worse. All right, take us out, Connor. Can do. Okay, so if we for more updates on seemingly the growing list of Halloween costumes that I I never used to be this Halloween guy, I promise. It just happened when I went to college. But anyways, we are officially a five-star rated podcast on on iTunes. However, let's keep that going because the more people that rate us five stars, the more it becomes recommended and the more it becomes recommended becomes you become our little fan base becomes bigger yep. and the bigger the family the more well it, it makes all of us look good you me all of us so let's keep it going yeah and maybe we yeah. can start you know start tweeting at us or you know social media try maybe start getting involved if you want to you know tell us if we if you think we're wrong tell us if you think you know that kind of stuff whatever let's build a little community sounds yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and the biggest thing to do that is to start is to find us if you do have itunes or any mac product or apple products that is relatively current go on whichever go on whichever podcast app or the apple podcast app look us up at first round ko and subscribe and give us a five star rating and leave a review if you'd so please but definitely hit the five stars there also, if you do not have Apple, if you just have Android, or if you do have Apple and you just don't want to use the podcast app, different strokes for different folks, but go on the SoundCloud app and find and find us at First Round KO Podcast. All the episodes are still there. Spotify to be announced later at a later date. YouTube, stay tuned for that. I'm also very excited for that setup I told you about prior to the show because we could do some damage with that as well. I'll have to keep you posted. Yes. I'll have to keep you all posted as that. I've, but YouTube, I've said it a couple times, but stay tuned for YouTube updates. And YouTube content will happen the moment I decide to go back to Whitewater yes. in a couple weeks, and possibly maybe even this weekend, or maybe I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But definitely by the end of the month, we will be YouTube will be up and Adam. Yeah, yeah. But that is how to find us on Sound on SoundCloud and the podcast app on iTunes. As far as our social media handles, find us find us on Twitter at FRKO Podcast. Find Kyle at Olson Two K eighteen and find me at Connor Moore underscore seven. Links in the description. Until then, figure out what we decide to talk about to bridge the gap between the inevitable SummerSlam talking talking predictions. And how we just figure out what to talk about before we decide to talk football again. Who knows? You're just going to have to tune in on Wednesday to find out. So stay tuned for the next time when we shock the system. 
since day one. Beg a bag and please don't make me feel this again. Things are getting eerie like the lake is down in Michigan. Had a good year, kinda tired. We're the Michelin at the finish line. Go get the checkered flag. Take a couple more shots. That's extended mag. I don't mean to brag. You smell the scented bag. I pull up solo at the function. I'm a tennis stag, stone cold bachelor, acid rapping chancellor. Couple years an amateur, but never had a chance. We are. You see me as a challenge to manage your intuition.